One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And we are here to tell you a scary story. <laughs> good, I don't good know job. if it's scary. <laughs> it's, um, it's very upsetting. It's an upsetting story. Oh. Aren't they all, though? Yes. So yeah, if, you like, if you like upsetting, uh, scary in many ways, then you are definitely in the right place. Well, I'm happy to be here for now. Yeah, we'll give, me like, give me like 25 minutes and you'll change your tune, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this case is Tyler Barris and the Wichita Swatting. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what that means, really, but I don't like it. I'm kind of glad you don't. I didn't know what it was either. Uh, Wichita Swatting. The Wichita Swatting. Oh. Do you know what that is? Yes. This but, is... Yes, I do. I had this. I don't know if it's this case, but I had a swatting case on my list of cases. To it's cover. definitely this case. Okay. Then. But yeah. I didn't research it. I just yeah. read a little bit and wrote it down. Okay. Oh, boy. Do it. Get ready. And if you're okay. a mother or a parent, just hold on to your fucking knickerbockers because this shit sucks. Yeah. I'm going to start. With, I'm going to preface it with two two little stories. One is I was in a bar in Miami, Florida which is the beginning of every good story, in my opinion, <laughs> and met this guy, and he was best friends with Moby. <laughs> oh, well, that's a convenient friendship. Yeah. They were college roommates and remained best friends, and so he was at Moby's house post-fame, like Moby was already famous, and Moby was holding a salon in his home, like a gathering of of great minds. Oh, I thought, and I thought you would mean like haircuts. Haircuts, no, <laughs> like a fucking pretentious yes. French style salon. And oh. uh, he would, he did this regularly and people would talk on different topics. And there, I think there were like themes and, um, you know, it was like scientists and artists and everything. And one night the topic was, what is the scariest thing you've ever heard? And this guy said that, in his opinion, there was nothing in the world scarier than a teenage boy mm-hmm. because their brains haven't fully formed and they also have access to unlimited amounts of technology. Mm. And he told a story about how this 15-year-old boy had <laughs> uh, invented airborne cancer for a science project. And it was basically, you could just like blow cancer into your enemy's face. Oh my God. Yeah. So like the FBI and the fucking NSA and everybody descended on this kid. Like, like they actually... deprogram him. He, in theory, okay. invented airborne cancer. So he had wow. figured out how to, yeah, like he didn't actually have a prototype <laughs> of it, but he had figured out okay. how to put cancer cells into this, like make them airborne so you could in theory yeah just walk up to somebody and give them cancer yep which is real actual live person did this correct yes a real 15 year old boy did this (laughs) and they had to deprogram him yes they had to like take him away and be like that's not a good idea 
that's not a good application of your brilliance wow. kid. Yes. So that this story reminds me very much of that. And we also got a message from a listener and you all know how much we appreciate messaging, you know, feedback. And yes. we get a lot of good feedback. And of course we love that yummy, yummy, good feedback, but we, you know, we do get criticisms or requests or, you know, things from people who, that don't agree with us. And I also really appreciate that. And we really do take it to heart and take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really nice to be able to have a conversation with somebody about it. You absolutely. Know, like, rather than just one sided, we good, not great, not good, not good, great. not good, not great. Yes, exactly. Leaving a review with no opportunity to respond is a little frustrating, but whatever, you know, we're not for everybody that is right. abundantly clear to us. So, This person very respectfully just wrote and said that they didn't appreciate our um, criticism of the police. And they said first responders and EMS, which I don't think we've ever criticized first responders or EMS, but maybe we have. But we did not intend to. I have zero problem with with EMS. In fact, I I hold them in high regard. Maybe dispatchers. I think we've been tough on a few dispatchers yeah before, that, maybe <laughs> I don't know. yeah probably yeah. probably that's a really really Some really hard workers. job yeah definitely healthcare workers they're on they're on my shit list right now no, not no, in no. general <laughs> the healthcare system i'm sorry so well this is my point so i think that something that i'm going to try to be very clear in differentiating so i've talked a lot recently about how you can feel many different ways about something at the same time right mm-hmm. P- things can be simultaneously good and bad and when we are being critical of the police we are critical of the police but it's in an attempt to to explain the victim's entire story so i think it would be very irresponsible to tell a victim's story and not talk about all the ways they were victimized Mm -hmm. right so in a lot of these cases the system fails people massively mm-hmm. and as a result they end up hurt slash dead so if we're not talking about that then we're just ignoring what got us to that point right it's also why we talk about perpetrators histories you know there's so much that goes into these cases it's not just like one bad guy was just bad and did a bad thing and that's the end of the story it's so much bigger than that and there's so much we don't know and we'll never know but we can't not talk about the ways the system fails people. I don't think that every cop is bad. I've said that before. I think that there are there. Are, I think that people are people. You know, I don't ever want to lose the humanity in people, but I do think in general that it's complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I think we give credit when credit is due. It's just unfortunately this is a true crime podcast, and so. We're not talking about the instances where the system served people. We're talking about instances where the system failed people. And so you're going to hear a lot of critical examinations of police forces and police officers and detectives, etc. So, yeah. Well, we've also created a system of policing that doesn't work correct. for the majority of people. Yes, exactly. Perpetrators and victims. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's a very deeply, deeply flawed system in right. a lot and that of ways. Isn't, it, that isn't any fault of one individual police officer it's a systemic problem yes yes and i do think that there are police officers who do a good job and actually protect people but we're not talking about those people that's Mm -hmm. a different podcast and it would be a great podcast to listen to because it would feel really good to hear about the ways that (laughs) we take care of each other protect each other so then I was watching TV that night, and this case came on. So I'm, I apologize to anybody who watched this episode of Web of Lies on the ID channel because it just <laughs> aired. But I just felt like it was so timely, and it really points out so many aspects of our system, specifically policing, um, that are good and also that are fucking awful. So, with that said. <laughs> Uh, Once again, this is the case of Tyler Barris and the Wichita swatting. So in 2015, 22-year-old Tyler Barris lived with his grandmother, Wendy Gregory, in Los Angeles after his mother abandoned him and his father died. Tyler was extremely bright but lacked guidance, as his grandmother essentially let video games and the gaming community raise him after he dropped out of the local junior high school for the gifted. Mm. 
Tyler spent every second of his free time gaming online and had pretty serious goals of making a living as a competitive player. After gaming almost around the clock for several years, Tyler's perception of how the world worked began to warp and he began to lose his grasp on functioning outside of the cyber world he'd grown so accustomed to. Despite devoting so much time to gaming, it slowly became clear that he didn't have what it would take to become a competitive gamer, and so he began to take out his frustrations on other gamers. Uh Trash talk is a huge part of gaming culture, as we all know from Mm -hmm. watching Ridiculousness, but Tyler became even more aggressive as his chances of realizing his dreams slipped away. Uh In February of 2015... Police stormed Tyler and Wendy's home looking for a deceased individual after someone had called 911 to report that there had been a murder at his residence. Oh, no. Tyler immediately knew he'd been swatted by a fellow gamer, which is a common practice to punish or intimidate rivals in the gaming community. A common practice. Very common practice, as it turns out. Wow. Often the swats are captured on film through the gamer's webcam... And essentially, to settle disputes in a terrifying and super illegal way, one gamer will call the police and claim threats of violence or death to get the authorities to descend on the other gamer's home, which ends in confusion and terror, at the very least, violence or incarceration in the worst case scenario. So these kids... (laughs) That's that's so fucked up. Isn't that one of the scariest things you've ever heard in your entire life? And also, how have I never heard of it before? Right. I mean, like I said, I heard it just by that one story. Right. Uh, But I didn't know it was a common thing that gamers were doing to each other. Yes. So they're timing it. (laughs) Yes. So they're timing it so they're gaming. They can see each other because, you know, they live stream their play. They can see each other and they call the authorities and watch each other get fucking stormed. Yes. That's terrifying. So instead of being terrified by the consequences of the swatting, like you or I would be just and are just thinking about it, Tyler was thrilled by the potential to wield so much power over another individual. Tyler immediately set out on his new goal of becoming a master swatter and threatened to take revenge on his entire gaming community if his swatter didn't fess up. Okay, Okay, so after Tyler got swatted, he was like... Fuck he's yes, like, this is this. awesome. Okay. Exactly. And so he went online and he was like, who did it? If you don't tell me, I'm just going to go, I'm going to basically go down the line and swat all of you <laughs> until someone fesses up. Wow. He was particularly seduced by the idea that he could, quote, essentially turn police officers into video game characters. Oh, no. And this idea gave him a sense of power and control in a world where he essentially had none. Ugh. He learned how to use temporary phone numbers to mask his identity and location, and he took the time to craft scripts of 911 calls to ensure he would be convincing enough to bring them out in force. (laughs) That is so, like, devious. It's extremely devious. And this is a very bright kid, remember. He's extremely bright. And you can hear his 911 calls. They exist online. I'm not going to play them because I'll just... You know, it's not that interesting, but he's very convincing. Once he felt he'd prepared enough, he tested his new hobby on his most hated gaming rival. He called 911, and posing as his enemy, he claimed he'd shot his father and that his mother was terrified of him. Oh my god. The call worked, and a heavily armed SWAT unit was immediately dispatched to the rival's home. As you can imagine... There are few things more dangerous than a tense and terrified mini-army descending on the home of someone they believe to be armed and extremely dangerous, having just murdered their own father. Yeah. Tyler was able to gleefully watch through the live stream as the SWAT team stormed the rival's home and apprehended him. Wow. So do the calls, do they always pretend like they're the person like Correct. in the home? Okay. Yes. I thought yeah. maybe they were calling saying this guy was threatening me I or think something. sometimes they do that too, but I think it's more convincing if right. they... Right, you get a bigger you know, show of force. Exactly. Or saying, like, somebody... I just killed your- my father. Yes. 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 Yep. Tyler was beyond thrilled that his prank worked and quickly became addicted to his newfound power. Oh my god. I just can't even... No. Like, I... Mm-mm. 
I used to get nervous just calling and like, is your refrigerator running? Oh my God. Like, yes. I was like, the adrenaline was so high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in September of 2015, I just remembered calling someone and saying rotten crotch and funny voice <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> oh, such a simpler, simpler time. <laughs> In September of 2015, Tyler was watching the news with his grandmother and mused out loud that he bet he could clear out the entire news station if he wanted to. The next day, he made a hoax 911 call to the station claiming he'd planted a bomb there. The bomb threat resulted in an evacuation that was all over the news and caused his status as a swatter to increase online and his twisted fandom grew. Tyler and his grandmother's relationship had already been strained over the months leading up to the bomb threat, and his actions took things a step too far for her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you I think? Don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Tyler became defensive when she confronted him about the incident, claiming it was just some harmless fun and that no one had gotten hurt. Discouraged by her grandson's immaturity and escalating behavior, she called in a tip to the police that he'd been the one to make the call. Good. As a result, Tyler was arrested and police began an investigation of the other false calls and threats he could have been tied to. Tyler pled no contest to two felony counts of making false bomb threats and was sentenced to two years and eight months in L.A. County Jail, of which he served about half. And he was a minor? He was, I think at this point he was an adult. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow. No. 15 year old up and. No, okay. no, no. So I think he older was now. older. Yeah. Or like early 20s, late, you know, 18, somewhere around there. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's this kid who doesn't have any parents, who's raised in a system, just mm -hmm. fell through the cracks, got online, and found a community that was more alluring mm -hmm. than the fucked up world that didn't care about him. Right. I mean, how many times do we be seeing this over and over and over again? Tyler was released in January of 2017 and tried to return to live with his grandmother, but found that she'd taken out a protective order against him. Wow. Yeah. With nowhere else to turn, Tyler moved into a homeless shelter in downtown LA while he figured out what his next steps would be. Tyler was completely alone and desperately missing his online community, which was the source of all of his power and companionship. Luckily for Tyler... There was a public library walking distance to his shelter that provided computers and free Wi-Fi. Tyler quickly got back online and announced his return and plans to double down on his swatting pursuits. Oh, no. He learned of an app that would make his phone number untraceable and resumed making hoax calls, hostage claims, and bomb threats all over the country. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> It's sort of the perfect crime in a lot of ways, you yeah. know? You're calling all over the country. There's no way to of, to stop it, you know? Right. Which is what's so terrifying about it. You right. have to assume that these calls are real. And I feel like there's just sort of unlimited police departments that you can call and do this to. No reason to tie you back to the call. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yep. To up the ante, Tyler called in a bomb threat to J.R. Arnold High School in Panama City Beach, Florida. He called the school directly, claimed he'd left bombs in the school, and they were scheduled to detonate in 10 minutes, and that he was also an active shooter. Ugh. I know. And they're like, why are you doing this? He's like, I don't know. Some guys just made me mad, so I think, I, I think I'm going to get them. The school was initially locked down, then evacuated, and press of the event was widespread, infuriating local police. Local detective Lieutenant J.R. Talamentez took it especially personally and turned all of his attention toward catching the asshole who had put so many young people and educators at risk. Talamentez started with the internet-based phone number Tyler had used to make the bomb threat and sent him a text message that just said, hey, hoping to play it off as a wrong phone number. Within the first minute of casual chatting, Tyler admitted to the stranger that he was a swatter. Uh, so he was like, hey. And yeah. Tyler was like, who's this? And he's like, oh, wrong number. What's your name? Uh, Tyler, I'm a swatter. But I mean, it's like. <laughs> Tyler was cocky and loved to talk about his conquests, and the detective was happy to feed his ego and keep him on the line. 
At first, he was afraid Tyler knew it was a cop and he was just stringing him along, but after two hours, the two had exchanged over 50 messages, and Tyler revealed that he lived in California, bringing the detective one step closer to identifying his suspect. Wow. <laughs> like, the guy, the guy needs some friends. He desperately needs some friends. He needs family. He needs friends. He needs yes. human interactions and contact. Yes. Right. Like, outside of the online world. Yes. And yeah. reading all the text messages and stuff, because in the show they showed zillions of them. I mean, I think he really just was a stupid kid. Yeah. He's just a dumb kid. Talamentes quickly determined that Tyler was desperately lonely and longing for human connection, and so pursued a fake friendship and connected with him on Twitter, where his handle was at Swatistic. Oh, God. I know. If that's not the most, like, juvenile mm-hmm. combination of words. While Talamentes worked on getting closer to Tyler, Tyler continued to increase the seriousness of his targets, calling out threats to federal agencies like the FBI and Federal Communications Agency, and would then watch the evacuations through the online stream of their meetings. Wow, and Tyler doesn't give any fucks. He is <laughs> nuts, man. Wow. Yes, the fucking FBI. One thing to call, oh. like, high schoolers. I mean, none of this is, it's all terrifying. But the yeah. fucking FBI, are you out of your mind? No. After each SWAT, Tyler was quick to brag about his conquests on social media, which stunned Talamentes. In an attempt to secure a photo or any information about Tyler, Talamentes enlisted a fellow female officer to try to bait Tyler by starting an online relationship with him. So, I mentioned in the beginning, there's good cops, and there's, you know, cops who are really good at their job. Talamentes is very good at his job, as you'll soon see. The female officer started by sending a sexy photo of herself in some workout clothes, with her face partially obscured by a hat for her safety. Tyler's immediate response was, quote, is this a trap? (laughs) The officer was quickly able to convince Tyler she was legit, and they began chatting and flirting. And by quickly, I mean by, like, three texts. Okay, this is text messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Talamentes gave her his text, his phone number. I think, and it was a little unclear, but I think she said, I know, you know, like, I know your friend. Because Talamentes had been chatting with him, Got you know, it. so I think That's it set it up like, right. hey, I heard you're like a cool swatter, you know. Yeah. Here's looking. a hot photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before the officer was able to convince Tyler to send a photo, which he did send, and it was a little blurry, but a huge step toward conclusively identifying their suspect. Soon after, they were also able to confirm that he didn't have any tattoos and lived in Los Angeles. They were also able to convince him to send another photo, and when it matched the first photo that he'd sent, it confirmed for them that he was indeed their suspect, and basically a real person. Right. In one final huge leap for the case, he told them his name was Tyler. Oh, no. Hmm. I mean, good, but... Yes. Yeah. Telementes, being the creative thinker that he was and is, heard about a rocket launch that was happening near L.A. and decided to use it as further bait for Tyler. The rock- yes. The rocket created a very unusual image in the sky. It looked like a big sort of squid or something in the sky. <laughs> and Talamentes sent a screen cap of it to Tyler and said, quote, y'all got some weird shit going on out here on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler immediately took the bait and rushed outside to take his own photo of the rocket to send back to Talamentes. The detective was thrilled when the photo contained several buildings in the L.A. skyline that he could use to begin to triangulate Tyler's exact location in the city down to a one to two block radius. Holy shit, that is so smart. So smart! (laughs) It's so smart. Is it going to go to another rocket launch and then we're going to, like, stake him out? (laughs) No. The fact that he figured that out and saw that and took that opportunity, it's so, so smart. I just knew that he would run out and show him another picture of it. Yes. I would not have ever... Yeah. Yeah. He figured this kid out so fast. Yes. He's a very good detective. Very creative thinker. Yeah. Unfortunately, as close as the detective was to finding Tyler, 
He wasn't fast enough to stop the tragedy that was barreling toward an unsuspecting family 1,300 miles away in Wichita, Kansas. By December 28, 2017, Tyler had become known online as a master swatter, and so people had begun to reach out to him to swat their enemies in exchange for payment. Tyler relished in the attention and felt he'd found some power and a place for himself in the world, and so was more than happy to engage in the SWAT for higher requests. On this day in December, a Twitter user approached Tyler and asked him to SWAT a fellow gamer and said he would pay him to make it happen. The target's name was Miracle, and Tyler tracked him down on Twitter and followed him. Miracle noticed the infamous SWATistic had started following him, and immediately knew what that meant. Oh, no. He messaged Tyler and said, quote, Please try some shit. I'll be waiting. He sent him his exact address and said, oh, I'll no. have you in prison in five years, buddy. Casey already gave me the proof I need. Ha, 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 ha. The target of Tyler's upcoming SWAT was Andy Finch, who was a beloved father and gentle giant whose nickname was Snowman because he was large and round. He was an amazing artist, and people were surprised to learn so much creativity existed inside of his somewhat intimidating exterior. Tyler would literally hold the pencil while his son held it to show him the strokes he'd used to make one of his masterpieces, and was always extremely calm and loving in sharing his gifts with his kids. His mother, who he lived with, said she was in awe of the father and person he'd grown up to be. Meanwhile in L.A., Tyler called the Wichita 911 and pretended to be Andy and reported that Andy had begun arguing with his father, shot him in the head, and that he wasn't breathing anymore. When the operator asked what was currently happening, he said he was just pointing the gun at his mother and younger brother to keep them in a closet they were in. The operator asked him if he would put the gun away, and he said, quote, no, because I already poured gasoline all over the house, so I might just set it on fire. Oh, God. While the operator tried to talk the imposter Andy out of harming anyone else, Wichita police descended upon Andy's real home, where everyone was safe and no one had been shot or threatened in any way. Andy liked to sleep on the couch, so was relaxing and looking at his phone when the police arrived. His mother was in her room. Right before officers arrived, Andy had texted, quote, I love you, Mom. Do you need anything? <laughs> Don't break my heart. Oh, strap in for some heartbreak. <sighs> Armed officers surrounded Andy's home, and he made his way out of the front door with his hands up. There is tons of body cam footage. You can see the whole incident from every angle, FYI. And you can see Andy slowly walking out to the front porch, and out of nowhere, a shot rang out from over 44 yards away, and Andy immediately collapsed. <sighs> His mother said, quote, I heard that scream and knew it was my son. It was unnatural. It was guttural. It was animalistic. It was just not right. It's so sad. It's so fucking sad. Unfortunately, the shot was fatal, and Andy Finch died that night as a result. <sighs> And it's just the craziest thing. He, he just, I mean, he just is... It's so far away from the point of view, watching him walk out right. of the house. And there's like a, I don't know what kind of fucking humongous rifle next to this guy. And I'm assuming that's the one where the sh that shot him. But it's so far away. You legitimately cannot see anything except for a figure coming out on the porch. God. And then he just drops. Yep. You kind of wonder, was it just like a total slip of the you know like I know. how I know. can that happen well and so you know we could talk about more of this at the end but the fact that it is so dangerous to call the police right that it very very likely will result in death right is a huge fucking problem right I mean, obviously, you know that's the Yes, that's the whole thing. Part of These it. kids are doing this against each other, knowing mm -hmm. that somebody could die, that there's a really I mean, good chance. Honestly, that it's surprising that they don't to say that it hasn't ha it didn't happen sooner. sooner than this. Correct. Yep. So the most tragic part of this 
Tyler hadn't been given Miracle's address. Miracle had given him a random address, and Andy had absolutely nothing to do with online gaming. (laughs) He was a totally random victim of the SWAT and completely innocent of any crime or involvement in any feuds. It was completely random. His mother said that in that moment, she lost somebody that she knew she could count on no matter what he was doing. She said a void has been ripped into her that can never, ever be filled. No. When Tyler learned that someone had been killed as a result of his SWAT, he immediately took to Twitter to defend himself, saying that he was not responsible because he wasn't the person who fired the shot. Fuck you. Tough shit. Yep. You are complicit. Talamentez was devastated to learn that someone had died as a result of Tyler's escalating actions and reached out to Tyler, who didn't deny calling in the SWAT. The detective, and you know, remember, he's still pretending to be some random right. friend. The detective reached out to Wichita authorities to share the information he had on Tyler. Simultaneously, Wichita police had been informed of Tyler's incarceration after his bomb threat of the news station in L.A. And when they compared Talamentez's photos... To Tyler's previous mugshots, they confirmed he was the same person and was responsible for the SWAT that resulted in Andy's death. Mm. They coordinated with the LAPD, who were able to apprehend and arrest him. Good. Talamentez wanted to make it very clear that Tyler was not a computer genius or master manipulator. He was just a lonely punk with an app and a cell phone, and innocent Andy Finch was dead as a result. Andy's mother believes that Tyler Barris had some accountability for her son's death because he made the call, but places the majority of the blame on the police officer who pulled the trigger, as there was no indication that Andy was a threat outside of the 911 call, and he was so far away. Even if he had a weapon, there was very little chance he'd been able to harm the police, let alone kill them. That's so crazy. In addition, there were officers right next to the porch that Andy was standing on, So if there had been a threat, they could have more easily ascertained and addressed it. She believes Andy was a victim of improper training. Upcoming, clearly. Yeah. Yes. Very least, but yes. (sighs) It's just so sad. (laughs) I just no. It's so sad. Ruined. And this, you guys that are listening that have loved ones in law enforcement, I fully understand why it's hard to hear and why it makes you feel defensive and probably fucking terrified that your loved ones are in danger because of the criticisms against the police forces but it should not under any circumstance be happening no period police officers should not be allowed to just fucking shoot at will it's so wrong yeah. On so many levels, they are literally paid. We pay them to protect us. Yeah. And they don't do a very good job of it modern day. So, Tyler had claimed over 100 swatting incidents on social media and was given over 50 federal charges. He pled guilty to all of them and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Casey Viner, who was the person who requested the SWAT, pled guilty to conspiracy and obstruction of justice. And I actually, I meant to look up what his sentence was, but I don't, I forgot to, it wasn't mentioned in the show. I actually don't know if it's been, if he's been charged yet or sentenced yet. And Shane Gaskill, AKA Miracle, was ordered to pay $1,000 in damages. Justin Rapp, who was the officer who fired the fatal shot, was cleared of any criminal charges. I can't believe it. I mean, I can't. It's, Yes, of course. Well, and that's the biggest part of the problem, you guys, is that it's not that officers make mistakes. I understand why they make mistakes. They should not be able to make, you know, those mistakes. They should be well-trained enough and, like, prepared enough that they make those mistakes significantly less. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're protected is not good. They don't... It's not the same. You know, I just assumed until the Black Lives Matter movement happened recently when George Floyd was killed. I assume that they worked under the same system that we do. They do not. They they are immune to prosecution, and that's not okay. Nope. Andy's mother has filed a civil lawsuit against the city of Wichita and the police department. Very tragically, 
You ready? No. Andy's daughter, Adelina Finch, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound on January 11th of this year, and Andy's mother believes it was because of post-traumatic stress from seeing her father die in front of her. Oh, my God. Quote, she had to see the blood. She had to hear him struggle to breathe. She had to step over his dying body. No. She could not get that out of her head. Oh, my God. And that is the story of Tyler Barris and the Wichita Swatting. <laughs> That's just like... Yeah. Oh, my it's God. every layer of awful, you guys. It's yeah. like, I don't think I've ever cried writing a story, but I cried writing this story. Yeah. It's no, I'm so sad. Like, yes, I'm crying right now. <laughs> it's so, so sad. Awful. Yeah. So... We just have to talk about these things. We just have to. We have to talk to each other. And, you know, one thing that stood out in the message that we received from that listener, and I really am not trying to come at them. You know, I really Mm. struggled, you know, when thinking about doing this case because I don't want to feel like I'm provoking people because that is not at all my intention. I don't, I'm not interested in being right anymore, you know? (laughs) I want to be helpful. I want people to be safe. That's the only fucking thing I care about, period. So the thing that stood out to me was that, you know, she was like, you should just let your sister banter shine. You know, I just let that shine through, which I appreciate that you get that from us. I appreciate that people respond to that. It's very meaningful to us, Mm -hmm. extremely meaningful. And it also tells me that, this person likes us, right? And hopefully that translates to some level of trust. And I know you don't know us. And my opinion about things has no bearing on your life whatsoever. But if you are responding to this thing that we've built, and it makes you feel good on some level, I just ask you to please take that and take what we're saying and just think about it. Just sit with it. You know, you don't have to come to a conclusion. There are so many things in this world right now that I have not come to a conclusion on, you know, that I feel very confused and sort of torn about. But I just keep thinking about it. I keep reading about it. And I keep listening to podcasts or, you know, reading articles and sometimes just being okay with not having an answer. But keep my keeping my heart open, I found is the best that I can do in a lot of cases, you know? Yeah. So remembering too, that there's always just, you know, like you said already, there's that it's not all or nothing. It's not all cops are good or all of them are bad. That, right. That, uh, it's both. And it's both within the same person with the same cop. That he has his good moments and his bad moments. Correct. Um, but that it's the system that we have to change. We have we to. have to tear it apart to the yeah. ground. Yes. yes, the human and it, and beings dis- within the system. Not no. Right. I'm not and talking about no. individual human beings. I'm talking right. about the system. And the, yes. and the police officers within that system need it too. They need help. They need yep. support. They need other people to take some stuff off of their plate. They Correct. need more training. Yes. They, you know, like, yeah. We aren't leaving them out of the that. They nope. need help too. Yeah. yeah. Most of, I will, maybe not most, but a lot of the times when I write the stories or I'm researching stories, I think a lot about how lucky we are that we have people willing to do the job that the police do. Yes. We need them. Yes. And we need the, them to stop bad guys when they're being bad and we need detectives to to solve crimes solve crimes we Mm -hmm. need that um it does just doesn't have to be the way it is here in the united states no because what we keep doing rather than being preventative and putting things in place like mental health Mm -hmm. care and fucking resources for the homeless and the underprivileged and sharing our fucking shit with each other we have set up a system that's very punitive and only focused on punishing and imprisoning, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's we have criminalized poverty, we have criminalized, you know, homeless, all these things, mm-hmm. all these things that people are victims of already. We have made those things illegal. And then rather than 
investing in more training or sort of disassembling the police forces and giving them more people to help them in ways that they that are appropriate for them to help them, we've turned them into a mini army. And we've made it illegal for them to be prosecuted. And <laughs> it's like, if you guys don't think that's crazy, I mean, and I know it's because you're not seeing that in your communities. You know, I know that's not the case in your communities. Feel very grateful that's not the case in your communities, but it is the case in the world and it's very not okay. Right. So anyway, <laughs> keep an open heart. Yeah. Again, I really, I really struggled with whether or not to cover this case, knowing that there are people out there who are feeling that way. And I don't want to feel like, fuck you. I'm going to talk about no. the cops all I want. You know, no. it's not about that at all for us. Just some clarification, I think is all, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, it makes me think of, so the podcast, this is actually happening. Oh God. <sighs> oh, yeah. That one, like I actually went into a full blown panic attack one time <laughs> listening to another episode. The Las Vegas shooting, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I hadn't listened listened for a long time, but decided to give it a go and clicked on an episode the other day, uh, number 173, mm-hmm. and it's called What If Your Cry for Help Led to an Unthinkable Tragedy? Oh, God. But it's about a mom. It's a well-known case. Yeah. Uh, the mom's telling the story of her son who has known mental health issues. Right. And the, her only option is to call the police to get him right. help and... Um, she thinks she does it all the right way yeah. and has done it before and has to do it again. And he ends up getting shot by the police right. and killed. Right. And it's, it's just like, yeah, yeah that's not, we how, how <laughs> could that ever be an outcome of yes. calling the people who are their fucking entire existence? Well, not their origin, their origin right. was fucking, they were invented to keep slaves from running away. Mm-hmm. But modern day, the whole point of having police is to keep people safe. And then you call them to help your son who's in crisis and they fucking kill him. And that is, uh, like, we're so desensitized to that. We need to get real sensitized mm-hmm. to that real fast. Yeah, it's and Listening to her story. I mean, I think that's where a lot of that change will come is to be willing to listen to people's experiences of living yep. through that with their loved ones and what that does to them and their community and right. the world, you right. know? Yeah. Yep. If it hasn't, thank God it hasn't happened to you. It's happening all the time to other people and we need to change it. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's like yes. this trauma is real. You guys, yes. it's fucking real. It's just, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. It's in like all of our DNA right now and we need to address it and change yeah. it because it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's and then cruel. we got to figure out it's how to cruel. keep, teens from swatting each other oh my god that's a problem i didn't know i had to fix so good (laughs) that's good add it to my list (laughs) things to not sleep about anymore well once again i think if you engage with your children you know i mean there's always going to be cases where you do everything right kids still fucking psycho you know but if you engage with your children and you teach them to to be in check, you know, in touch with how they feel and mm-hmm. love, have love and community and things this, that feed people. It does doesn't mean I have to tell my child to turn off SpongeBob because no, SpongeBob does is not. pretty much raising no, them right now. <laughs> it does not. It absolutely uh, does not. Okay. <laughs> Pandemic parents are not going to have children who are swatting because they needed to turn the tablet on for. <laughs> <laughs> six out of eight hours a day or however often your children if they're watching it more i'm not judging you i no, just no. turn that shit on and like thinking back we we watched a lot of tv as kids and i That's actually kind did. of think that in a lot of ways it's i am who i am because of television Big time. in a in a good way you know what i mean yeah i yeah. i read a lot i think that was huge i we were of like very encouraged to read as children, but mm-hmm. we were also left alone to watch a lot of weird TV, and I'm very grateful for my TV time as a kid. Yep. Not to mention the, just like our father without any concern for what we watch at whatever age, so <laughs> that helps too. Like, oh, sure, yeah. yeah, here's the terrifying horror movie for you, seven-year-old. Oh, I loved it. I know you I did. loved it. Uh, NPU's Big Adventure. Anyway. Yeah, um, no, I had a, I had a comment just real quick about TV go for and it. children uh, talking to my six-year-old and 
he was like, mommy, what's your favorite show? And I said, well, what do you like favorite show that I've watched with you that you've seen or my own favorite show? And his mind <laughs> like blew open. He was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I watch TV that doesn't include like doesn't involve you. There's shows out there that aren't for kids. And he was like, like what? <laughs> I, you know, and it's, I'm just kind of surprised. I thought that he knew that <laughs> right. I do stuff, but no, he's not quite out of that age. And so, oh my god, yeah, we went down that road, and I was like, "Well, there's funny stuff, and there's scary stuff," and he's like, "Well, when can I start watching it?" And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, no, <laughs> yep, yep." You know, like kid, when I was your age, I was already watching full unsolved mysteries uh-huh. and Gallagher. I don't know if any yep. of our listeners know who Gallagher was, but we let, we watched all of his stand up. Uh-huh. specials that guy was very appropriate in general <laughs> especially for children yeah anyway anyway okay. um i mean that jesus court that was so I important know. and so hard to yeah hear. yeah if, if it hadn't been so timely i probably would have just passed over it because it was it's just so fucked up and so sad yeah no I, when i put it on my list i remember reading it and being like holy shit and then like i'm gonna put it on the list <laughs> yeah exactly it was a while ago. yes yeah. it would have been a carol jenkins where i just like kept going back to it and looking at it and being like oh god oh, it's so sad yeah yeah but um yeah. you want to hear a funny story yeah i'm not kidding you the next day so after i said do current moms say Tarjay and Garbage, which a lot of you confirmed, yes, you do say Tarjay and Garbage, yeah. which I fully support, and Bomb.com, which is always <laughs> funny. I, Laura and I were uh, spreading s- salt on the ground because it's fucking 750 inches of snow where I live, and uh, I got this huge 50-pound bag of salt and so needed a container to, like, so I didn't have to carry the bag of salt, so... We went to the garbage and I got <laughs> a Starbucks cup out of it. And came, like Laura was in the house and came out and was like, Ooh, nice job spreading that salt. And I said, Thanks. I found, you know, I got a cup. And she said, Out of the garbage. Oh my God. I, Did yes. she listen to the episode? No. We do say garbage. Wow. We do. Confirmed. Holy shit. In my house. Wow. <laughs> Can you wow. believe that? That surprises me coming out of Laura. She does not strike me as someone that's garbage. <laughs> but I think we can't help it. Uh. I think you reach a certain age and you just start saying it. Oh, shit. And it well. was so natural. Like when she said it, I was like, yeah, of course out of the garbage. <laughs> like if if I hadn't just brought it up, I never, that's I would have so just, funny. isn't that, it was, it was such a little miracle from heaven. Um <laughs> Was she saying that ironically? Like you she, know, I think she, she just was saying it. No, no, no I think she was just, just saying that it. Came out of her mouth. Like, oh, you got out of the garbage. That's funny. It's so funny. Okay, you want to know what else is funny? Yep. I've got a whole hell of a lot of names for you yeah, guys. I know we've been. I. It's been a long time since we've recorded our last right. episode, so we've. I've got a lot of shout outs too, but only because it's been a longer yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. Sadie got her wisdom teeth out, so we had to back we had to back fill some episodes for you guys. Here's one that's not at, like on the surface, it's not as great, but I'll explain why I wrote this down. So it's the name Hunter Sheets. Sheets as in sheets. But I Did you <laughs> just say I, sheets as in sheets? As in sheets. <laughs> as in sheets. Like for your bed. bed. <laughs> so Laura and I were driving by a local bar and there was a big sign on the side of it that said Hunter Sheets. Like, congratulations, Hunter Sheets, who's like a football player, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And it like we both sort of snapped to at the same moment and we're like, oh my God. So the bar is called Three Sheets. And we figured out in that moment that it's because their last name is Sheets. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of them for having the last name Sheets and being like, <laughs> we have to open a bar and call, and it, call it three, three sheets. Call it three sheets. Oh. So A plus plus to the Sheets family for, <laughs> for like finding your death, for fulfilling your destiny and opening in a bar and calling it three sheets. I think it's so 
great. That's really funny. Isn't it adorable? Yeah. Okay. And I bet there are three sheets that work there. What do you want to bet? Well, that's what Laura said, too. She's like, oh, I hope there's, like, three brothers and they all run the bar and they're the three sheets. Yeah. Yep. I know that that's also a funny yep. down words. That's awesome. Um, Harry and Rosie Butts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm so glad you write these down. It's been long enough now. I forget which what's on the list this week. Um, Rosie and Harry Butts. Rosie and Harry Butts. I know. I don't remember if they were like in a relationship, but I think related. Rosie and Harry Butts. I think they were Did- married. Oh, too good if they're married. See, yeah. I can't. My brain, my heart can't handle that yeah. union. <laughs> Dick Passwater. <laughs> Is that like an onomatopoeia of human names? You know, like how a zipper, like, right? That's an onomatopoeia. The the sound is the thing that it is. It's like a zipper is a zip. It zip. It sounds like a zipper. It is. Oh, is that what an onomatopoeia is? Yeah. Yeah. So like, you're like, well, you're like a dick passwater. God, it's too good. (laughs) Richard Head, who I think I knew about Richard Head before because this one came from uh, Eureka and Arcata, California, where Sadie and I went to college. Uh-huh. And I do feel like I remember hearing about Richard Head when I yes. lived. In- <laughs> Sorry. If I didn't react, it's because your audio cut out for a second. Oh, okay. You said the name. So if I'm just sitting here <laughs> silently, it's <laughs> because I didn't. Like, I that was pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, Richard Head. Uh, um, there's a Dave Pancake. Somebody knows a Dave Pancake. Yes. Yep. I, think, love the I think Pancake will just forever be my favorite. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody, oh, was it you or Laura? Somebody, there's a plumber named oh, God, Earl Gray. Yeah. <laughs> so that was after my wisdom teeth, on my way to get my wisdom teeth out, I saw a sign that said, like, call plumber Earl Gray. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I got done with, and I didn't, I just got local anesthesia, but then you get painkillers after and all that. Yep. And so I was like, Courtney, <laughs> I saw a plumber called Earl Gray. <laughs> I'm high. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Nicholas Hoare, which as you remember, our mother's maiden name is Hoare, H-O-A-R. So Nicholas Hoare, which this one came from the the UK and our uh, listener pointed out that in the UK, it sounds like Nickerless Hoare. It's so cute. Um, And the last one, this one is a one for the junior high schoolers, Jack Goff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) We did also, just to throw in the mix, we did get three um, names of things that people call the vagina other than the vagina and their family. Uh, Bobo. (laughs) Fleef. And koozie. (laughs) Koozie. I don't know how I feel about it because I hate the word vagina. I feel like it's such an unfair word, you know, unfair (laughs) name for the part. It's just just so, it's not fun to say. It's not fun to write. It's not fun to read. Mm -mm. So I kind of like calling it a bobo or a floof or a fleet or whatever. But (laughs) at the same time, I don't, yeah, it's like, I don't, I think there's something wrong with that, but also something very right. Mm-hmm. Once again, things can be multiple things. That's right. Can, it doesn't have yeah, to be right. all or nothing. Yes. Yeah. I can feel uncomfortable and simultaneously totally charmed by that. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, should we do some shout outs? Let's do some shouty outies. Yeah. Uh, start at the top. Uh, big, big thank you to adequately sized penis McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow missed that. Are you serious? Oh my god. How did I miss that? It's so good. Oh my god, I love you. I wonder how Big D's doing these days. I know. I wonder if there's hate listening still. How you doing, Big Dick? McGillicuddy. You okay? You hate our police. I'm sure they hate us talking about the police too. (laughs) You know what I mean? For sure. Also, they, not not good, not great. Boo, not good, not great, probably. God, I hope they come back to us. Like, you can, I'm really okay. Hate, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we talk about you sometimes, and it's funny, so. Yes. Well, I posted a thing on my Instagram today, which was a TikTok of a woman pointing out that your biggest haters are definitely taking notes. 
And I was like, that is so true. Hater, your it. haters are definitely mm-hmm. secretly taking notes about you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right? Yes. Oh my God, my stomach's growling so hard right now. Is that what that was? Yes. I thought it was an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> it was either a Komodo dragon or an airplane oh my in my God. stomach. Jeez. All right. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I've already shouted, shouty outy this one. So I'm doing it again. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Lisa W. Maybe that was Lisa Wonder Woman. I don't know, but I love her. Mm. Still all the same. Lisa Watermelon, Lisa Wonder Woman, Lisa. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to S. White. S. White, as in sexy white, definitely stands for sexy white. That's right. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. What's your name? Sexy white. <laughs> Are you okay with your name being sexy white? Not really. It's very uncomfortable, but <laughs> kind of cool. I'm like, hi, I'm sexy. <laughs> sexy white. Uh, thank you so much to Carly M. Carly Magnificent. Also, magnificent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, Maleficent. That's what it is. Magnificent (laughs) and Maleficent. The beautiful one. That's right. Thank you so much to Amanda. Oh, no. Uh, Amanda. (laughs) Amanda. It's totally enunciating all of the sounds. (laughs) Uh, Amanda. Amanda. Amanda H. It's really fun to say Amanda. So anybody who has a friend named <laughs> Amanda, you should start calling them Amanda. It's like A A A Ron from Keen Keen Peel. Totally. <laughs> Amanda H. Did he say uh, H? Yes. M Amanda. Hella cool. Oh, thank you so much to Jamie L. Jamie, ludicrously fucking awesome. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much to Leslie with a Y. Yes, Leslie with a Y. Put it in there. Or yes, all caps, Leslie with a Y <laughs> in the middle of your name, in parentheses, E-S, and then finish your name. That's right. Right? That's how it works. L-Y in parentheses, E-S, exclamation point. That's right. L-E-I-E or whatever. That's right. I don't know. How do you spell Leslie? <laughs> Well, this one is E-Y at the end. E-L-E-S-L-E-Y. Oh, and then in parentheses, E-S, exclamation point. So it's basically, yes. Yep. Uh, And last but not least, thank you so much to Katie P. And it says, Katie P., you guys are hot. Oh, my God. You guys are. I mean, you are, Katie. Yes, you are. Been turned around on me like that. Mm-hmm. Feels great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So yes. luckily, Katie is... P for it, fucking perfect. Uh-huh. Yep. And she's going to come to our... Hopefully, come to our Zoom party that we're We have a hosting. date. Mm-hmm. Yep. March 20th. March 20th, y'all. So if you want to come and hang out with us, we have not figured out exactly what we're going to do during that time. Talk. I have a vague idea. Yeah, I think we'll just chat, right? We'll answer yeah. some questions, get to know each other. Yeah. I think it'll just be fun. Yes. March 20th, if you want to be a part of that, yes. sign up for Patreon. Yes, yes, It's for yes. all of the tiers. $3 yep. will get you in. Yep. And then we'll have a little party together. Yeah. We decided that you have to close your eyes. <laughs> it's a long story. It is a long story. But once you join Patreon, you'll understand why you have to close your eyes. That's right. If you listen to our last few episodes. Um, anything else? My batteries. Oh, it feel like it's always dying. Well, that's fucking defeatist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always dying. Because no. I never charge it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just metaphor for life. Um, no, but you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can go to our Patreon, pay us money, hang out with us. Yes. And thank you, AJ Bergens, for our music. Woo! I'm not that dying. We don't have to go so too fast. Well, I'm on a roll. That's right. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, please. We love it. We love it. Um, and remember... Oh, man. Do not swat each other. keep your little heart open. Yes. <laughs> keep your hearts open. Take care of each other. Do not swat each other. Mm-hmm. 
And things can be good and bad at the same time. They are complicated. The world is very complicated and getting more so by the fucking second. Uh So I was talking to my therapist. Be kind and talk to your therapist. Well, yeah, I I was actually talking to my real therapist. Uh, She said we had this conversation and I was struggling with having feelings around, good feelings around something hard. Right. Right. And she was like, Sadie, it doesn't have to be everything. And I was like, holy shit. Like you can feel grief and sadness and also yeah. real like happiness that it's over. <laughs> yeah. Those two things can live together. Yes. 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 So, Normalized feeling multiple ways about things. Right. I think that that's a really important lesson for us all to learn yes. as we grow then up. You don't have to then feel guilty for feeling happy when other people are suffering and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yes. Oh, and happy new year. Happy fucking metal ox. Yeah. New year. Year of the metal ox. Holy that shit. feels so cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so cool. let's be metal oxes. Shit, yeah. We they can. They are complicated thinkers. Their hearts are open. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.